0: All right, everybody, welcome back into to a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. Uh, so before we get into this week's episode, um, I want to thank Sasha M. for last week's episode. Sasha came out with a song called How to Spot a Narcissist, and I played it on this, play- on this podcast, and it's become like an anthem for me uh, on my daily playlist. I play that thing every single day. I think it's so encompassing of what we all go through. And I absolutely love the part where it goes, that's when you need a therapist. That's how, you know, that's how to spout a narcissist. Um, absolutely great song. And, uh, you guys should all go check that out on Spotify and Apple music and, uh, wherever you get your music from. So I've been really excited to put out this episode because I've had a whole kind of storyline going on behind the scenes, um, that I haven't been able to talk about because it was kind of materializing a bit. Um, But if you listen to the early days of this podcast, I talk about a situation that I was in where my family went to a pumpkin patch meets a carnival with another family. And um, at this carnival, one of the kids threw a temper tantrum. One of my son's friends threw a temper tantrum and he wanted to ride more of the rides and he called his mom a bad mom. And so the mom got down like on his level and said, listen, a bad mom doesn't take you to a carnival, doesn't buy your cotton candy, doesn't take you with all your friends. Like, A bad mom doesn't do this and don't call me a bad mom. And my next was looking up at this whole situation and asked me and she goes, what do you think of this? And I said, well, I think she's handling it really well. And she goes, I'm not a bad mom, Mac. And I said, I didn't call you a bad mom. She goes, all right, you need to calm down. I'm like, I'm calm. She's like, Don't cause a scene. I said, I'm not causing a scene. And she scoops up the kids and runs away with them as if she's being abused. Now, the interesting thing is that mother at that carnival was also, is also the chief witness in my DV case because she was going to testify on behalf of the next because they were best friends. Well, that woman has reached out to me and um we were able to connect and we recorded an episode of the podcast together so this is an episode i have been looking forward to putting out for weeks now and uh i hope you guys like it so check it out all right everybody welcome back into a brand new episode of dimming the Gaslight. my name is mac and thanks for coming in for the newest episode so um I have an episode today with a guest that I got to be honest, I never really thought that I would be doing this episode. Um, The reason that I never thought I would be doing this episode is that the guest that I have with me today was supposed to be testifying in the DV trial with my next. And uh, she recently reached out to me and said that she's not going to do that. So I'm joined here by Rebecca. Rebecca, say hello to everybody. Hi. So thanks for coming on. This is, would you agree this is a little awkward? Yeah, it's a little awkward. It's a little awkward, right? So the reason she's here is this is my next, in my next's words, best friend in the whole world. But I want to give a little backstory because the listeners know a story about you um, and you were actually paramount in like my whole development. So the way I learned about narcissism is we were at like a pumpkin patch meets a carnival and my son had a friend who's your son and your son wanted to, at this carnival, it was late in the afternoon and he wanted to ride like the rides and he wanted to ride like the swings or something. And your son called you a bad mom and you got down on his level. And instead of like screaming at him and like berating him, you said, listen, a bad mom doesn't take you here. A bad mom doesn't get you your cotton candy and your hot dogs and your let you ride all the rides with your friends. A bad mom doesn't do that. And don't call me a bad mom. And I remember listening to you doing this and going, wow, like she's like, this is good parenting." And my next looks up at me and says, don't call me a bad mom. And I was like, I never called you a bad mom. And you're the woman in that story. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for coming on. I guess uh, it was a few weeks ago. You reached out to me. And sent me a text message and said, I'm sorry. And I was like, what are you sorry for? And uh, you're just like everything. And we had a good, lengthy conversation. But from your mouth, I wanted to know, what is it that you're doing by coming on this podcast?
1: Well, the reason why I had reached out to you was because a lot of things have transpired between you and your next. And it sounded very hurtful to me. I know you got the kids or her through it all. And then a lot of stuff had transpired between me and her that I thought it was about time that I found out the truth. And that's why I called you. And I wanted to know your side of it all and ask you the questions on that I'm
0: hearing. Right. Well, before we get into some of the fallouts between you and my next, I wanted to go back to a story that's highly in question, especially when it comes to my court. So it was October 17th of 2021, and I told a story on this podcast, I believe it was like episode three or four, and it was my daughter's birthday. And at my daughter's birthday, my Nexus brother didn't say hi to me at my daughter's birthday. And at this time, I already knew that I was dealing with a narcissist. And I have a long history of just disagreements with her brother and Having already known about narcissism, it pissed me off and it sent me over the edge that her brother couldn't say hi to me at the birthday party. So long story short, we get home and she and I are fighting and you come over and um, I wasn't shy about fighting with the next in front of you. And I wanted to sort of get your recount that experience.
1: Well, That's the reason why I would be going to the court. So everything that I'm saying here, I would have said for her anyway. I wasn't there when you guys got into a fight with her parents. I came after that. Uh, She asked me to come. We sat on the, I came over, we sat on the floor, and I was playing with the kids. Your next is behind me, and I'm in the middle of you two. And you're freaking out, and you're sweating, and you're getting upset. And she's very calmly like, please stop, just stop. So it's like all these encounters of how you're crazy. She's very calm. As I look back, it's like I would be upset too, you know, because she's disencountering everything that you're saying in a very calm, collected voice. But she has me there to protect her against you. Right. Then you come back up later and you're like, and i remember this and remember that and this and that and you're yelling because you're upset but she's like very calm and she's like can you please not do this you know and i was concerned i was concerned for her i was concerned for the kids um you know i tried to be in the middle of you two being your counselor trying to figure it out i mean i had said to you both you guys need to get divorced if you guys can't work together for the sake of the kids then it's going to be detrimental to them. And it's better that you guys just don't work on it, you know, yeah. and I know that you were trying to work on it. It wasn't up to her standards of doing that. Then she told me that you weren't working on it. I mean, it's a lot of back and forth. So that's why I wanted to get to know really what you're doing, like how, what the truth is. And you sure. did work and you sent me proof. And that's where see, that's why I'm doing the podcast because one of the big things was, you refuse to pay her anything and she hasn't gotten anything from you and she has to be on, has to have help and her parents have to help her and everything else But she doesn't get any money and she doesn't make that much with her job. But then you showed, you sent me pages of proof of money that you're sending for a mortgage and, you know, even little things, which I don't know what the $12 is for or whatever it is, but it's socks or some bullshit. Probably, you know, but the fact is, is that I tried to help them out as much as I could thinking you weren't doing anything. And I'm like, how is it possible that the court systems are not forcing him to pay you anything? They should take Mm -hmm. it out of your way.
0: Wouldn't I be in jail if I wasn't doing, I mean, it would be court ordered. They'd be pulling it out of my paycheck if I wasn't paying child support and everything.
1: But that's, see, I go through the same thing with my ex-husband. That's why I moved two blocks away because you're supposed to do this for the kids. Nobody would really move two blocks away from their husband's ex wife, But I did, because that's what you do. And we went through the whole thing. And trust me, the core systems do not play when it comes to caring and and providing financially for your children. But she told me again that the core systems are different now,
0: you know, because our our older kids are older. So I totally get that. And here's the thing, right? So she's going to put me in the middle of you. And I'm glad that you said during that whole situation, like she stayed very calm. And I did not exhibit the best of me, right? So let's fast forward a little bit. She has me removed from the home and on false allegations that I choked her while she was holding my daughter. Um, I spent 42 days away from my kids with zero communication. I could not call them, could not talk to them. But in those early days, maybe two days after that, I was really good friends with your husband. And your husband and I hung out. We went out to dinner. We were friends. And I was friends with you, but I was really, I was friends with your husband, right? The men stayed with the men. The women stayed with the women. Well, two days after I left the house, your husband texted me, all right? And you feel very strongly about this. So your husband texted me and basically, you know, remember, this is two years ago. So I'm paraphrasing to the best of my ability, but he basically said, you know, I heard what's going on. I'm, I heard you're gone. I never thought it would get this bad. And at the time, I was told by the police, I was told by lawyers, I was told by judges, I could not make any third-party contact with anybody who would go back to my necks on her behalf or I would end up in jail. So when your husband texted me that, I the only thing that was on my mind is, where do the kids think I am? So I wanted to know what the next had told them about why I left. So... Your husband texted me that. And basically what I did was I was like, I'm not going to say your your husband's name, but I was like, dude, I can't talk to you. And you feel very strongly about that. And I don't want to get this too pumped up. I don't want to get you too pumped up. But give me your view on that. So he had told me that he reached out to you because um,
1: because he want, you know, he wanted to, he was genuinely worried about what happened. Like he really didn't think that Um, He thought that you guys would maybe separate or even file for divorce or something like that. But not to have the cops come and like legit remove you from the house without belongings or anything like that. Um, So he was concerned. And with your response back to him, he was taken back. He was pissed off. Yeah, I get it. And then when I, and he, and, this transpired in the same time that I saw you at the soccer game and said hi, and you were like, "If you're if you're friends with her, I can't be
0: friends with you." And you well, mean, hold on, let me let me let me set this up a little better. So that happened between you, or uh, between your husband and I. Then um, I was removed from the home. I didn't have any communication with the kids for 42 days. Um, no calls, no texts, no letters, no nothing. Could not speak to my kids. So about uh, maybe 50 days later. My daughter has a soccer game and I had just gotten the kids back and your son and my daughter had a soccer practice at a field and you came up to me and you were like, Hey, good to see you. And you went to go give me a hug. And I said, Rebecca, don't fucking touch me. I said, if you believe that I abused the next and you're still friends with her. Basically, the message to you was either you're on my team or you're not. You can't have a pinky toe in on my neck Now, here's the important kicker. I didn't know that you didn't know that she claimed that I abused her. You didn't know that she said I abused her. What did you think?
1: What I didn't know, she told me that you did hit her or that you pushed her or something or other like that. But not, I didn't know, we didn't know that you were told that you couldn't talk to us because of that. So during this whole process, we were there helping you guys out when you were together. And then when you were gone, we, like, when we saw you out, we wanted we wanted to see how you were doing. Not because we were going to run back to her. We weren't that type of people. But he thought he was your friend. So he's reaching out to you on what's going on because he thought that maybe you guys can talk without interference with your neck I know but you were we didn't know that you were told that so then on our side when you had texted him back that and then when you had refused to give me a hug and and talk to me and say hi we were just like you know what he really is a fucking asshole right and maybe everything she's saying is true right because I all didn't... we ever tried to do was help yet we didn't we got all reciprocation from her but none from you
0: I didn't so you didn't know that I didn't abuse her. So you didn't know why I was removed from the home. I didn't know that you didn't know that she said that I abused her. So we were both getting miscommunication. And think about how that both made us angry at each other.
1: There's a lot of you didn't know that I didn't know that you didn't know that she didn't know that I didn't know going on. Yeah, And then I called you because I feel like I've been... Giving and giving and giving and trying to help and help and have the kids here. I've had the kids here numerous times when she had to go out, you know, with Fireman John or whatever. And I watched them and I have to get up early, you know, and I said, either they sleep here or you pick them up early. And she would say she picked them up early and then she wouldn't get here until midnight. And I'm like sleeping on the couch, trying to stay awake because she wanted to take like just let them sleep over. Like, it, so it's a lot of like on her terms. And I, which is fine. But at a point, you need to kind of like piece everything together. And that's why I tried to, I called and I said, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through this with the kids. I am, you know, I feel awful that the kids are going through this more so than what you and her are going through it. But i I feel like I'm tired of being uh, put in the middle. Like I feel like I'm being lied to.
0: You are. Well, here's the thing. So let's get into some of the stories between you and the next. So you told me this story about Christmas and how you had a Christmas party and you had everybody over your house. And can you tell the listeners that story? So
1: every year on Christmas Eve, I have my son's friends over and their families on Christmas Eve, and we make reindeer powder. Which is oatmeal and, and uh, glitter. If there's any parents out there that want to do that, and you spread it out so that Santa knows where to stop. Um, and it's reindeer food you sent out. We we ring the bell so Santa knows where we're where we are. And we have a parent that dresses up as Santa and comes. And I provide gifts for the kids Well, everybody's parents come. And I don't expect any of this, and I never expected it. But when all the parents come and they have a gift from. The- to, hey, put under the Christmas tree from us because, hey, thank you for buying my kids gifts. Now, mind you, I have one child. The families that I come, that I invite, have multiple children. So I'm not just buying one gift and expecting a gift back. I'm buying a multitude of gifts for everybody because they have three kids, two kids, four kids. And I don't expect it back. It's a fun thing that I like to do. But they also brought food or a snack or an appetizer or something. And your next comes, you get no gift for my son, which is fine. And not even a bag of chips from dollar general and stays the following day. I see on Facebook, this pile and I'm fucking pile of to the, almost to the ceiling of gifts for the kids. My kids don't even get that much. We have a set limit. That is it. As they get older, the piles get smaller because everything is so expensive. And even for my son, I don't get that much because I don't want him to expect so much. Me and my husband make a good living. That still doesn't mean that he's going to be showered with all these gifts because he's just going to expect it every other year. So I called her and I said, hey, I just saw your post. You know me. I'm very blunt. I say it how it is and i said i was a little offended you didn't come here with a gift for my son you didn't bring a bag of chips everybody else did and then the next day you have all these gifts but you're saying that you're claiming poverty oh no it's from my it's from my parents it's from this person it's from a website it's from this it's from that they're they're hand me downs i separated them so they're so they're more and i'm like well why would you separate them so that they're more because all you're teaching them is they're going to get all these gifts but you can't afford it so shouldn't you start small and build up when you get better at it so i said you know i'm just letting you know that not that i expected anything but you didn't even like attempt which kind of hurt you know what after i see this, and i said i'm also letting you know that on this facebook page that you're posting this on you're telling everybody that you're poor. And I'm just saying that people are going to look at it and say, what the hell are you talking about? It doesn't look good.
0: Well, so I get a story for you. So it's very clear that she has an online persona and a real life persona. Would you agree with that? I think we all do. So there was a time when I, I talked about on this podcast how I had workout equipment in the home and I had dumbbells and they were like expensive, adjustable dumbbells. So like probably two, three hundred dollars a piece. And I also had a weight bench. So I asked her for those. And she put it out in the front of the driveway and then claimed somebody stole it. And um she made a Facebook post and said, Whoever stole these dumbbells, the neighbors have cameras and uh please return them or whatever. And she said in the post, like, people were calling her an idiot for putting essentially like a $500 bill on the front lawn. And and she was like, well, this person's not allowed on the property, meaning me. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, she she has this online persona and she has a personal persona. Her personal persona sucks, but her online persona is this damsel in distress.
1: Well, this is the thing. I even told her that she should have called you on that wizard that you guys and say, what can what time can you come to get it? And then I'll have it put out. And she's like, no, I, I wanted it out. And you could just come when you already get that. I'm like, yes, but now you know, I'm not going to say what do you call Pleasantville. But we okay. have a Facebook Pleasantville thing that in this town, everybody puts things out on the lawn. And if there's nothing to be said, then people know that it's free. It's just something that happens in the town. It's not that people go and try to steal things from each other you know i mean we have had some issues with that but it's on this facebook page it's a it's a pleasantville mom's page so it's like here's things for free you know whatever so people just normally go go by and if there's no nothing on there and it's on the earth it's meant for garbage so people will take it so i had mentioned the same thing like why not just arrange for these things to be picked up now she yeah. has to make everything difficult. A cop, they could have called. You could have went to Pleasantville Police, and said, "I need to go pick up my belongings with an officer there and go in the house and with her friends and remove your your stuff." It's something that's that expensive. Like those things were unnecessary. And I get in the in the midst of of arguing and hating each other. We all do things that we don't mean to do, and maybe she didn't mean to do that. And I'm not I'm not saying that she meant to do that. Like. She just didn't want to see you. And I get that and put it out on the curb. But to have it out on the curb for all day, maybe all night, there's a good chance that somebody's going to drive by and be like, oh, they're throwing that shit out. I'm taking it up. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it, anybody stole it, but I don't think that it was.
0: It was definitely her. It was definitely her her lack of thought. For sure. And maybe it, it. she didn't care. I mean, she didn't care if it got stolen. At, she didn't care if I got it or not. Whatever. But anyway, let's move along. Um, so that instance happened. And then uh, so there's another instance um, where my son and your son. Like there's a play date story. Can you tell the play date story between my son and your son? So your next watches my son
1: during the summer um, at the lake. You pay her for that? Cause I'm helping, I'm helping her out. I don't, I had him in daycare. So I basically, when she was, because she's not getting any money, I basically would pay her what I paid daycare. Um, I mean, it's not a, it's not extravagant amount of money, but um, even on days, and it's a lot because even on days that's raining, they're in the house, you know, and that's a lot. But she had called me and told me I had to talk to your son about something. And I'm like, oh, what? And she's like, well, you know, my son had said that he doesn't have a lot of friends. And your son turned to him and said, that's because you don't have any clay dates. And my son has a lot of clay dates. I'm off on, on certain days and I pick up kids from from school at 2.50 and usually there's like seven kids in my car from, from his school. And that's my day where he can be with his friends and I can sit on the porch and they can run in the woods and hang out and stuff because that's what you do to en- enrich your children's connections with their friends. Um, And I said, oh, I'm sorry that he said that. You know, I didn't think it was anything to really talk to him about. It's the truth? Because he doesn't have playdates. I mean, I don't know that he had playdates or not, but I guess he told my son that he doesn't have playdates. And that's where it
0: transpired from. But why doesn't my son have playdates?
1: Well, because they're always busy. They're always either in activities. I mean, I don't know. This is what I hear. I mean, I've invited them to a lot of things and. They're either going to Fireman John's house, which is a couple of towns away. It's not not close. Or they have other things they have to do. Football. I mean, football takes up a lot of time. Football is every day. That's why I don't have my son in football, because I'm not prepared to do for a six year old to be in football five
0: days a week. But then so you invited her to you know that I'm a Giants fan and my son is a Giants fan and you invited her to a Giants game because you had Giants tickets. And you said, hey, do you want to go to this? And what was the next's response? I had one extra ticket, and I invited your son. Right. And I said, I know he
1: loves the Giants. I have an extra ticket. It's fan day. You know, they get to meet the players. They go on the field. I mean, he would love it. You know, can I pick him up and take him? And she's like, no, he has a play date.
0: Interesting choice of words. Nobody can see you, Rebecca, but you're smiling right now on the screen. She said, I have a play date. And what you told me is the play date was she just went to John's house with my son.
1: Well, what's funny is, is after the conversation that my son said he doesn't have play dates. This happened two days later.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDIC. Right. And what was your reaction to that?
1: I said, oh, that's great. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to Again, like, I don't I don't look at things like that. Okay, you have a play date. I mean, I knew it was I felt as though it was kind of a, a stab to me, like, oh, my my son has play dates, but i was happy and i said all right okay you know i mean i i invited them. i'm not keeping them from that you are so i hope yeah. the play date is good have fun and uh and it that's where it all kind of like snowballed
0: yeah so um i guess the the story that you told me the straw that broke the camel's back is you know pleasantville although it's a big town a lot of people know each other And another woman who you are mutually friends with, with the next, um, I guess two women, you heard a rumor about yourself from uh, two other mothers. Can you explain that story?
1: So without going into too much detail, I heard a rumor from two moms that came to me and asked me if I was okay, And I said, yeah, why? And they had mentioned that they heard that I wasn't okay from... I mean, well, I'll just say it because it just is what it is. But, you know, I'm in AA. I've been sober for 13 years. I take my sobriety very seriously. I am proud to say that my son has never seen me drink. And I hope to God he never will. So she knows that that's my story. So when these moms came to me and asked me if I was okay, it's because she heard that I was drinking. And I said, where did you hear this? And they both named your neck and I was shocked and I'm like from somebody who I'm so close with that knows how important this is to me if she was that concerned why wouldn't she come to me why would she go and talk to two moms that the again these are not mutual friends of ours she doesn't talk to them Mm. these are mothers at the lake that she knows that I'm friends with so why would that happen that it seemed unreal like I couldn't believe it so Instead of continuing this conversation, I do what I do and I go straight to the source and I called her and I said, This is what I heard. Did you say that?
0: Well, it's also important to note that those two mothers that heard the rumor told you it's okay to use our names yes. and say, Yeah, it's important to say that. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, they both said you can say it's me. And I said, No, I said that's not important. I'm not gonna mention you because I don't want to cause you any more drama. It's really not important. The important part is what was said. And I just want to know if it was said. She got very defensive and she's like, I would never say that. I'm like, well, this these moms, that's when I told her. I'm like, well, these moms told me that I could tell you their names. What reason do those two moms have to lie? They don't. They don't. Because I've had multiple conversations with them since about it. And and they told me the entire conversation that she was like, oh, you know, have you talked to her? I, I, I'm a little concerned. Oh, why are you concerned? I think that she's drinking. Do you think she's drinking? And they're like, no. Now, mind you, again, backtrack. I keep upsetting kids from school that these parents trust me because of the fact that I am sober with their kids in, in my car. Mm-hmm. So this affects me a lot. Not to mention I work very hard at my sobriety. You know, I make coffee. I go to my, my meetings. You know, I have a strong network. You know, there's there's things you have to do. And she knows this. So why not come to me instead of in a small town, even plant that seed?
0: So so did you confront her on this? And what was her reaction?
1: She was upset. She was like, I didn't say that. I'm like, well, these moms said that I could say their name. And this is what they said. And then that turned into not about that story and that rumor. It turned into a snowball of how I stepped back from her. Um, I have new friends, um, we used to be inseparable, but now you do everything that we used to do with your, with your new friend, and she named her. And I said, next, I've been friends with this person that you're talking about for years before I even met you. So what are you talking about?
0: And who cares? What is this, high school? Who gives a shit who you're friends with? Like, you can't be friends with other people and you. But her bullshit is like, well, no, you're all, like, it is like high school to, her, to the next because she's like, no, you can only be friends with me.
1: Well, that's what I was getting the feeling as. And I said, I said, I feel like I'm having a, co- a conversation as though I'm in high school. I said, I invite you guys everywhere and you always have something to do. So at some point, I'm going to stop inviting you. That doesn't mean that I'm going to sit in my house and not do anything. I'm going to have my kid go and, and do these activities and do these things with other moms. So that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm not, I'm a less a friend of yours. It's just that you're not a- available to do that. So I'm going to do something else. And now I'm being crucified for it. And it's, a, it's it just rolled into I, the argument. Didn't even happen from the beginning of what I heard from a mom. Now it's about how bad of a friend I am and how she's going through all this financial and, and mental Uh, heartache and that you know I thought you were here for my kids and you know blah 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 and I'm like this is not even why I even called you like why are you painting me out and I tried to I send the text and I send the same text over and over again because I'm like did you say this
0: did you say this rumor and she goes off well you distance yourself from me did you say this rumor well you're friends with new people did you say this rumor and she'll never directly answer the question that's how the
1: basically that welcome to my fucking life and that's, I, that's why I reached out, because I'm like, I literally have texts of basically have nothing to do with the original topic. It's all about how I'm horrible and stepped away, and I'm not in her life anymore, and I have new friends, and I'm living my life. But it's like, if you're never available, what do you expect me to do? I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just living my life. I'm well, fighting.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like you say she's never available, but it seems like... She's certainly available every weekend for John, you know, fireman John. I know John, uh, you know, they essentially cohabitat, do they not? I mean, he's sleeping at her house. She sleeps at their house. The kids sleep at his house.
1: I I know there are certain times that they do. But um, when I had said, listen, you're at your all summer, you're at the having a pool party at John's house. But did you ever invite us as a family, my husband, my son to, to do something with them? never once i see them on 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 facebook they're going to this fair a carnival or whatever it is do you ever call to see if we can come no never but and you're sitting here saying that i'm not inviting you anywhere like when have you ever picked up the phone to call me in the last couple of months if it had nothing to do with court the only time i would hear from her is a text saying just reminding you court is tomorrow can you have your phone on
0: facetime or whatever yeah, and you're a nurse, right? You're a nurse. You're in like AR. You're in labor and I'm delivery.
1: Actually, assistant surgery. So I'm scrubbed in in surgery with the FaceTime, waiting to be called, telling the surgeons that I need to scrub out if I get this call because it's during court. Like these are things I'm doing. What is she doing for me? Anything? Nothing. And this is where it comes in. It's very hard to say because it's like friendship shouldn't be a tit for tat thing. But when every when at the end, when you're getting into an argument with somebody about this, you start looking back and you're like, do you not see the things that I'm doing for you? And this is what you're doing yes. to me. Yes. And I don't want to make it like that. I don't. I don't want to say, well, you could have bought me a dollar bag of chips like it has that. It, that's so trivial. But it's like when you look back at it as a whole, it's like, I don't you know. Shall. Even you no Nobody can see you. I'm not working today, but hey, it's raining today. Do you think that my son can come over and play with your son because it's raining today? And then all of a sudden, at the end of the week, I get an extra day of, of paying her.
0: Nobody can see you right now because this is an audio audio podcast. But Rebecca is standing there shrugging and she just put her fist to her temples and like the head the exploding thing. Yeah, the mind blown thing. It doesn't make any sense. And put yourself in my shoes, right? You want play dates for your kids. I bought her a house in Pleasantville. I had children with her. I lived with her. I made tried my best to deal with her fucking frustrating family. I did everything because I truly loved her, just like you're truly a good friend. And nothing in her world makes sense if she's... The world has to literally revolve around her. If the world's not revolving around her... You did something wrong where the world is not revolving around her and you need to fix it. It's like a carrot in front of your face that you have to keep chasing that carrot and Rebecca has to be a better friend so that next can be better to you. And if you don't keep doing that, if you stop, she will slander you. That's
1: kind of what I felt like. I felt like um, it didn't matter what I said or what I did, I was wrong.
0: Right. So like kind of, so that was pretty much really where I like to call them the come to Jesus moments where like you figured out like okay this is sort of what's going on so what's going on now with your relationship with her? I mean um, I know that you're still talking but like how where does it stand right now?
1: Well no we're not talking now Um, Uh the last text she had sent me was pretty much that I can't believe that you don't see how
0: I feel um, replaced. Her feelings are the only things that matter, not yours.
1: And I've tried to go back and uh, because it's just a, a human nature thing to be like, what about my feelings? Right. Like, And she's going to call you. I called you originally. What you've never even, you never even said, hey, I'm so sorry that you felt that way or, or somebody said that to you. Like, let me make it right. Like, let, let's talk to that person together and figure it out. No- nothing like that. It was, I attacked her believed what they said and that was the end and now I'm the bad person and I after that I I just was like I'm not engaging in this anymore I'm not responding to your text like like if that's how you want to live your life then go live your life your reality is very twisted because things that was going on is not the reality that I live and um and if you want to if you want to do that then that's fine but I'm not getting involved with this anymore I try to do what I can to help so
0: let me ask you the million-dollar question, right? Do you believe that she's a narcissist?
1: I don't really. I never really looked up narcissism, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it, it, the, for the basic premise of it all. I mean, I do because isn't the base? I mean, a lot of people don't know really what a narcissist is, but they do know one key point: they care about themselves more than others. Right. I want talk- conversation. It was all about her and not me.
0: Well, I want to talk about this. So how did you come across my podcast? She sent it to me. <laughs> and what did she send? I think
1: this was a, an attempt to clarify that you're an asshole. And she said, look at this. He has a podcast and he's talking about you. And that's when you called me a flying monkey. <laughs> and I'm like, what asshole." I'm like flying monkey. All I did was ever fucking help those two people. What do you? What the hell is going on?
0: Yeah. So, do you understand what a flying monkey is now? Uh, no, no. Explain this to me again. Okay. So, essentially, a flying monkey is the person. I call it almost like a spray. And what the what the narcissist does is they need to triangulate people against other people. They need people on their side to believe their story to kind of uh, you know make me look like the crazy one. So. She got me in certain situations like, you know, like that that thing at my daughter's birthday where I'm screaming and yelling and you're saying she's staying super calm. But you didn't see 10 minutes before when she was screaming at me. So what is what a flying monkey essentially is, is she wants you to start slandering me and you and you never slandered me, but you did believe her. You did believe her. And let's call a spade a spade. You were here to help Her and I, because I was, you know, you were a confidant to both of us. You were, you wanted to see us work, but there came a point, which is true. Come on. There came a point where you were like leaning towards her side. You believed the things that she was saying. So the flying monkey, it comes from the Wizard of Oz. If you remember the flying monkeys, I'm not saying you're a fly. I'm not saying you're a monkey. You don't look like a monkey. Nothing like that. It's a, it's essentially a narcissistic term. Where you do the Nexus bidding because how could she be lying? How could she be lying about poverty and domestic violence? And how could she be lying about all this stuff?
1: Well, this is the thing because we didn't know that you couldn't talk to us and we didn't really know the both sides of everything. I'm just, we're just hearing from her, right? And being her friend, you know, we have her over and, you know, she was coming over and stuff and telling us these things. But then there was instances like when my husband texted you and your response. And then when I saw you at soccer and your response. And then that one time that you almost ran me off the road.
0: I don't remember that.
1: You tried cut. You tried cutting in front of another car by um by a market. And I ended up going in front of you and you were in back of me. Or no, you were in front of me. And we were driving down a road. And as I. As you turned, you gave me the middle finger at the window. I I I'm don't like, remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. She, she said it was the day, because I had called her, and I said, Oh, my God, this is what just happened. And she's like, Where where did he turn? And I said where, he was, where we were driving. And she goes, Oh, because I just got a call that he canceled the therapist. I don't remember that at all. Because... My husband was in the passenger seat, and he went like this to wave to you because we saw you with the after you had just picked up the kids, and you just went like this.
0: And oh, I gave you the middle finger. Like, what I'm... the heck? Did we do, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't remember that at all. But can you can you do me this justice? Can you put your brain in my my head? And see the world from my side and see, even if it wasn't true, can you see why I would be angry at you? Because I can see why you would be angry at me.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I feel like when looking back, it's like we don't know the whole story on what's going on. And you think that we're siding with her and we're against you and, you know, we're talking about you and all this stuff. And really, we're just we were just a couple with a kid that was friends with your kids and we really cared about you you and people get divorced and people get separated people break up I mean that's what happens doesn't mean that you have to be like hateful towards the other person but with what was going on in your situation it was so
0: volatile
1: yeah that I mean who knows what you thought and I get that And, and I get the anger of it all but we weren't we weren't like that we didn't have hate for you until yeah, You were doing all those things, and we were like, you know what? That's what made us believe part. We were like, maybe she's right.
0: But what would you do if your kids were taken from you wrongly?
1: I can't say what I would do on on, on tape.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, you would fucking lose your mind. You would lose your mind. I had my kids kidnapped. I'm probably not. You'd probably be in jail. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I never ended up in jail. I was never arrested, but... It's it's funny, and, and this is something that's talked about widely in the narcissistic abuse community is like anger is a proportionate response to what's been done to us. Like, What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to shrug and just be like, ah, whatever. No, we're furious. We want justice and we're furious. So let me ask you this. I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: All right. I just want to say one thing to add to that. I do get that because. I know how I was before I was sober and with the hard times that I did to get sober and be the person that I am today. When she was denying it and saying that it brought such anger to me. And when I knew that these two people said, tell, him, tell her my name and she was still denying it, I found myself yelling at her on the phone and she was so calm and she's like, why are you? And it made me even more angry. Like, I wanted to go through the phone and like, and I'm like, but she's so calm.
0: I know. And and that's what they do. And everybody who's listening to this can certainly relate to that. But OK, so here's here's you know, we're coming to the end of the hour. So I wanted to kind of ask you because. OK, so number one, I and I've said this many times. I've talked to my lawyer, Brittany Parisi from Parisi Law Firm out of New Jersey. I've said this a lot of times to her. I feel bad for you. And I feel bad for you because it's funny, when I first learned about narcissism, I felt like a baby deer learning how to walk. Like I was all stumbly and like could not understand up from down. And, you know, you really aren't versed in narcissism. You have an experience with, some, with someone close to you who was, in her words, in the Nex's words, you're her best friend. So how do you feel about all this? I feel hurt. I feel
1: hurt. I don't know what to believe. I want, I want to so bad to believe her, but you know your reality. But I mean, that's why I contacted you, and I said, "This is what I'm hearing. I want to know your side." And you told me your side, but with that, you also sent me like proof of that you're not abandoning your kids. You're not not paying them. You're not. I would never. And you know, since she sent me that one host of the podcast maybe she didn't think that i would go from episode one and start listening to it but um, me and another friend started listening to it and both of us are just like uh what the hell (laughs) like certain things i'm like i start questioning and i'm like it doesn't make sense so then you feel like you're being lied to
0: well i don't want to go too
1: with the other te- the other person that's supposed to testify
0: he's not testifying he anywhere right
1: because I feel like I'm being duped and I told her to take me off the list
0: there is so. no a <laughs> there is no list it's you and one other person you guys have listened to the podcast and you're starting to see the light so um let me just say like you know to you and this other person who's listening, I feel bad for you guys because um well I appreciate you doing the podcast but I recognize that like you're sort of putting your yourself in the crosshairs here because I'll tell you what I know her better than she knows herself and um this is going to come with retaliation for sure you're going to get some sort of retaliation and and you expressed to me you're not too worried about it but how do you feel about it
1: I mean I think that we should definitely talk on when this podcast comes out so (laughs) if uh, listeners here and it may be a little while so sorry but I do have kids and you know The reason why i'm doing it is because the truth needs to come out you know and and hopefully judges or or people hear it too um and like i said i mean even if you subpoena me to court or whatever it is i mean i would have the same thing to say that i you know i don't have i've never seen physical violence between you two thank you i've never seen physical violence between you two i've seen you guys get angry me and my husband get angry me and my husband get angry sometimes to a point where my son even says, "Stop bite it. Sometimes we're talking, yelling, and we're not biting. And he says that. Like, you know, it 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 proceeds to certain people in a certain way, depending on the content of what you're talking about. And, yes, I've seen you upset. I've seen you guys fight. I've seen you guys in a really heated, heated argument. But I've, even then, I've never seen you lunch or... Or um, put her your hands on her. Thank you. I've never seen it. And we've been friends for quite some time during this whole process. But I said to her, I cannot go to court and say that I've seen physical violence because I haven't. Yeah. Um, I've seen you sweating and getting upset and everything else.
0: And, yeah, you know. But you've never yeah. seen physical violence. So let's leave it at this, right? Because, like I said, we're coming to the end of the hour. Where do you foresee... Your relationship with her going heading.
1: It's a smiling wave when we're in each other's company, but I'm not even joining the same lake. I'm lucky enough to be in a provisional area and I am not going to that lake again.
0: Yeah. So listen, I appreciate the hell out of you doing this podcast. You, the fact that you reached out to me to get both sides of the story. Um, well, first of all, let me apologize for my behavior towards you over the last couple of years, but I think you could know where I'm coming from. And, um, I think it shows a tremendous amount of courage for you to, to do this podcast and kind of speak your truth because I know it puts you at a little bit of risk. Um, but I think the truth is important. And I think you and I are sort of cut from the same cloth where we're both people who Say our feelings, we say what we see, we say what we mean, and we don't want to be lied to. We're not, we're not here to sugarcoat shit. We're here to be real people and tell the truth.
1: Well, that's, that's the whole point, is the truth. And the reason why, I know I'm probably going to get backlash from it. I know she's going to hate me for it. She's going to talk to people that I did this. But it will come back to me and to those people, I will say the exact same thing. I felt like I was being lied to. I was made into a villain. And I had to reach out to find out his side. Because I never, we liked both of you. And it doesn't matter what's going on between you two. The kids are are in the middle. And this has gone on long enough. This is the longest court date I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why this needs to go on this long. There's so many... I had been on hold for court. I don't know how many times. If I had to take off like the other person did take off and actually went there, she's like, I can't take off all these days. Like, either you're going to see me and hear my story or not. Why is it taking so long? Because everything keeps dragging on because it's like bits and pieces go here, there, everywhere. And it's like, just focus on the kids.
0: Right. But she wants to she wants to muddle the truth. She wants to muddle the truth with these, you know, innocuous details that eventually are going to get proven wrong. But Rebecca, thank you for doing this. Thank you truly, truly, truly for doing this. Um, I, I appreciate you. I'm sorry for,
1: for everything that you guys are going through, you know, and I hope, I hope it works out. And, uh, you know, I'm here and I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for everything that happens and how it's transpiring, but the tr- that's why I'm doing it. It's, it's just the, tr- it's just trying to find the truth.
0: Well, you and I have talked about this offline, and I mean this, and I want to say this on the air. I would like for you to get to know the real me and the new me. I'm new and improved. I'd like for you to get to know the new me. Um, you know, I know that, you know, you have certain feelings about my kids and how, you know, they are. I'll admit they're traumatized and they're they're a bit damaged, but I do believe, you know, they're kids. In, the, in their hearts, they're, they're truly good kids. And I'd like for you to get to know the real me. Um, I'd like to bring some pizza back over to your house and avoid all the snakes in your house because I'm scared to fucking death of snakes still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I- I'd like for you to get to know the real me. So I hope you give me that opportunity. Um, I'm not who she says I am. And uh, I'd like to get to know the real you, you know, and your husband and shout out to your husband. You know, I- I'm sure you guys will be listening to this, but uh, yeah, let's let's start over.
1: I think uh, I think my husband would like that.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, everybody.